Vaserete, a Bleach fandom community podcast brought to you by the hottest dance pop meets R&B single of the summer, the highly anticipated release, teased on socials and dropping at midnight just in time to take its rightful place as the epic backdrop to your banging summer, from king number one, Ichigo Kurosaki himself, Break My Soul Society. Feeling discouraged? Did Gin Ichimaru's taunting get into your head, into your soul world, put on this fierce, fiery, straight-up bop, and you tell him, honey, you won't break my soul, society, 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 I'm telling everybody, everybody, everybody. Everybody, release your sword, release your shikai, release the pressure, release your bankai, release your town from being fuel for the oaken, make like a hollow mask and drop what's broken. Woo! <laughs> yes. It's just, I just decided I was going to have fun this week. Oh, that was amazing. It just works really well. Beyonce's called the queen and Ichigo's the king. And once I saw the parallels, I was like, well, now I have to. <laughs> Oh. <sighs> Hello, everybody. I ah. hope you're all doing doing okay and that y'all's souls ain't broken. <laughs> uh, I know mine's not, actually. Despite all of the everything, I'm doing okay. My name yeah. is Del, and today I'm joined by Nomi. Hello. Hi. Hello. <laughs> uh, what oh. color is your vibe today, friend? Mine's, uh, you know what, mine's, mine's nice and just... I don't know, purple, because purple's my favorite color. Bringing in the stereotypes, but purple. Yeah, self-ownership and self-understanding. Yeah. (laughs) That's awfully nice. What about yours? You know, I think it's actually a sort of softish pink which is which is unusual for me but like I'm feeling I don't know maybe it's because I slept very well last night and so I'm feeling warm and and cozy and and but still like unexpectedly I don't think optimistic is the right word in the grand scheme of things but I feel like today is a reasonably good day (laughs) good good yeah Yeah. like you say sleep like I I was at a wedding yesterday. It oh, was, were you? It was a great wedding. It was a Scottish okay, biker wedding. So, <gasps> wait, wait. Okay, you can't just leave that there, though. Wait, tell me more about a Scottish biker wedding. <laughs> so the Scottish, the uh, the I work with the bride. Uh, we're colleagues, and her and her husband are basically in this Harley Davidson biker group, and the groom and his groomsmen all did a last ride of freedom and then arrived <gasps> on the Harley Davidsons coming into the venue. Okay, that's um, fantastic. They got photos on the Harleys. They were all wearing kilts and Harley Davidson leathers on top. Um, the wedding favors were little Harley Davidson chocolates. Oh, um, cute. The whole theme was till death do us part. So the cake had a skull on top of it. Oh my um, God, I love that. Yeah. Oh. Their, their wedding vows were very Sons of Anarchy. Uh, I'll treat oh, you like my leather, shit. ride you like my Harley. You know. Whoa, was, yeah. 
it was just it was just very casual you know they had the nice tying of the knot ceremony then they passed yeah, around the quick yeah. and everything so yeah it was it was it was nice it was a nice blend between those celtic traditions and then the kind of their personality shining through with all the different yeah. kind of biker elements as well it was a really nice ceremony. i was gonna say it sounds really really personal and quite intimate actually that sounds really fun yes yeah it was really good Okay, so how much sleep did you get, though? <laughs> uh, about six hours. Like, I got home oh, at... Oh, oh! Yeah. I got home at 11, but I was still kind of buzzed. Um, mm. So it was probably around about 4 a.m. by the time I fell asleep. Oh, Lord. Yeah, okay. Yep. But then I was up by, like, 10, 11. So, but I, it was, like, enough. But, yeah. Like, I had yeah. drinks. Like, because I had the whiskey yeah. that was being passed around. I had, like, a couple of yeah, sliders. Yeah, you, you gotta. Well, you don't have to. Not a, I mean... <laughs> let, let the listeners we're not pressuring anybody into drink i just think i think the three of you and lethan and i all are not none of us are sober people so that's our experience we're all going to be like okay with that but if people yeah. aren't then that's also fine but yeah yeah but no it was it was good and it wasn't there wasn't an open bar it was bring your own bottle so you only shut really drank. up i love that that's so fun yeah so you only really drank what you took then you know no one's going to be disappointed yeah that's awesome and the food, Arthur food, we had, there was a little fast food kind of um, wood-fired pizza kind of oh, joint that came through. So they cooked their pe- they cooked the pizzas right there in front of you in the wood, in the wood oven and then you took like a whole oh. pizza. Or they had a hog roast and they were just pulling, pulling the pork oh, my and God. gave you like a pulled pork sandwich as well. That, it, was, oh. it, was, it was good. <laughs> that sounds so good that's yeah. so good <laughs> so yeah, okay, that was cool. my so, weekend. <laughs> successful night yeah no that's that's awesome yeah oh. <laughs> I was your weekend you know <laughs> um how was my weekend let me think so yesterday yesterday I didn't do too I did a lot of basic houseworky sort of sort of stuff oh, yeah um but <laughs> the listeners are gonna maybe get tired of having heard this Sort of. Well, actually, no, update, because last episode of the podcast, I said, I'm making donuts, and we're recording two in one weekend, so even though, listeners, you're hearing this a couple of weeks apart, like, as we know from the Don Guy, time is fake, so um, I, I yesterday I made donut dough, and uh, I've never made donuts at home before, so... During all of the waiting for the multiple phases of rising and stuff, I did some just sort of very simple, basic housework, and so I... I, like I cleaned my floors properly for the first time in a little bit so they smell I've got this like cedar and sage cleaning spray and it's all natural and it smells really nice and my apartment smells really nice right now so just simple domestic tasks is what I have filled my weekend with for the most yeah. part and yeah, it's been nice it's been yeah. nice yeah it's, that's it's it, nice though. just get those things out the way and just have a, a productive weekend like well, I also things. enjoy the process of it when I have the time. Mm. And I did have the time yesterday. So there's something about taking care of my space that feels very personally satisfying to me. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, good. Okay, so I feel like this is setting us up <laughs> very nicely <laughs> to have a conversation about people who are not having a good time right now. <laughs> no, yeah, that's very true. Yeah, yeah. Oh I gosh. feel like basically no one in these episodes is having a good time right now. I don't think a single person is having a good time. I feel like... I don't know, maybe Cheezeru? Maybe, yeah. <laughs> um, I think shit is hitting the fan, and you can tell it by the fact that the anime is is not taking any prisoners, and it's being pretty faithful. You can. So, oh no kidding! You think things? That's are, really good to hear. Yeah. So things are getting things are getting in. Ugh. Yeah. The only person taking prisoners is Urahara, and he's 
proved to be moderately successful at best at that. Rip. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that having been said, should we kick it off with the episode summaries? We shall indeed, yes. So we are starting off with Uahara appears, stop Aizen, and it's episode 300. <gasps> Can you believe hey! it? 300 episodes, that's crazy. And there's only 66 more episodes until we reach the end of the currently animated content. It's crazy times. It's time. genuinely shocking. Genuinely <laughs> shocking. You know what else is crazy times? <laughs> These episodes. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that the first thing Kisuke seems fit to do after seeing his rival for the first time in 100 years is critique his dress, co- chest cho- dress choice. <laughs> Eisen counters by saying the midpoint in any stage of evolution is ugly and Kisuke remarks that he wasn't calling Eisen ugly. <laughs> Steady on there, Kisuke. Let's not give the shippers any more fuel. But... Mm. Merely commenting on the fact that Aizen has fused with the Hogyoku. A word Aizen disagrees with, for he prefers the term subdued. It seems all is over, however, when Aizen stabs Kisuke, this time physically. But it's not <laughs> Kisuke, but the balloon giga he showcased during his fight with Yami all those episodes ago. The balloon serves as a decoy, so Kisuke can use a bazillion key... Bajillion Kido can't speak today. So Kisuke can use a bajillion Kido in quick succession to bind Aizen. Aizen is unfazed, however, but Kisuke comments that Aizen is pretty careless now that he doesn't have to be, and reveals that his plan all along was to trap Aizen in a spell of his own design, a seal wrapped around the outlets of a Shinigami's wrist forcing him to explode from within. But alas, that too didn't work and Aizen removes the seals effortlessly. Whilst he's distracted, somewhat, Ishin joins the fray and after showing off his ballet moves, Aizen is trapped between the two, but for a third fighter enters the arena. Yorichi, wearing some sort of armour on her arms and legs. This armour is designed to protect against Hiero. Hiero? 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 Hiero, that's, yes, the steel skin of an Aranka, yet it yeah! breaks easily in this fight with an Aizen. Meanwhile, Gin and Ichigo face off with Gin using his Buto ability, and meanwhile, meanwhile, Izuru Kira wakes up in time to see a still healing Rangiku running away. And that brings us to episode 301, Ichigo loses his fighting spirit, Gin's expectation. A masked Ichigo attacks Gin. Ichigo, bless him, puts on his strategist hat as he faces off against his sly, sneaky opponent. Gin's Zanpakuto, Ichigo reasons, is dangerous because Gin can attack with any timing, regardless of distance. So, Ichigo figures all he has to do is get inside Gin's defenses. Sounds pretty easy, right? It looks, however, like... Rangiku, of all people, might have a similar idea? Though still wounded, Rangiku sprints through the streets and speaks Gin's name, causing Kira, who is also wounded, to remark that Rangiku is being reckless. After all, Kira could only heal Rangiku up to a certain point. We're left to wonder how the whole Rangiku situation might unfold for now, because we return to the clash between Ichigo and Gin. Gin unleashes a new attack that shatters Ichigo's mask entirely, causing Gin to remark that Ichigo seems fragile, and that Ichigo was scarier when the two of them first met. And Ichigo, maybe for the first time since we've met him, seems legitimately disheartened. Meanwhile, Kisuke and Yoroichi and Ishin are still tag-teaming their offensive against Aizen. 
Yoruichi uses punches and kicks and Shunko, and Kisuke uses some light bondage and a few explosions via his Benihime, creating an opening for Ishin to jump in with a big Getsuga Tensho, and the blow lands, revealing a void of swirling purple inside Aizen's head. Gin continues to taunt Ichigo, finally expressing that he's done giving warnings and that he's ready to kill Ichigo right here and now. The next thing we know, we're met with shots of Kisuke, Ishin, and Yoroichi all unmoving on the ground, and Aizen approaches Ichigo and Gin, commanding Gin to open a Senkaimon. Aizen's intention is now to go to the real Karakura town in Soul Society, and to create the Oken there. Ultimately, he says, so that they can, quote, bring down the palace. Aizen starts to, like, shed, or, or molt or something, and he seems pleased, stating that he's at the end of the chrysalis stage. Aizen and Gin walk calmly through the Senkaimon, leaving Ishin to give a pretty emphatic pep talk to his distressed son. Ishin reinvigorates Ichigo at least a little, and Ichigo, who seemed pretty beaten down by Gin's pointed questions, remembers that he's fighting to protect others. Ishin and Ichigo make their way into the Dongai now. And Ishin clocks that Aizen did something about the cleaner. It's gone. The Dangai is isolated temporally and spatially from the world of the living and from soul society. So, Ishin says, this buys them some time, which Ishin will use to teach his son about the final Getsuga Tensho. Also, Keigo Asano, remember him? Uh, yeah, he wakes up in Karakura Town just as Aizen and Gin seem to be headed his way. Which uh, leads us into episode 302, the final Getsuga Tensho, Ichigo's Training, which starts us off back in the Deng- Dangai with Ishin just fully explaining how exactly they are in an isolated space and um, basically telling him that one year outside of the Dengai equates to 2,000 years inside the Dengai. It's a pretty handy if they're wanting to buy some time, especially because Aizen got rid of the cleaner and it isn't going to be doing the job of making sure no one is taking advantage of this nifty little plot point. Hmm. <laughs> that still leaves the current low, though, but Ishin can take care of that and stands watch over Ichigo, buying him some time so he can learn the final Getsuga Tensho. Meanwhile, however, we have people waking up in Soul Society. Keigo now finds Tatsuki, who in turn has found Chizuru and Mizuru, but they're still asleep. It seems like Tatsuki has been awake a while, for she managed to walk around the outskirts of town and has correctly surmised that they are not in Kansas anymore. Whichever (laughs) side of the rainbow they have landed on, they know it's because of Ichigo. But because it's Ichigo, they know he's probably fixing it. In his inner world, Ichigo is greeted not by old man Zangetsu, as we're used to by now, but a younger, some might even say hotter, version named Mm. Tensa Zangetsu. Ichigo has never been in his inner world whilst in a Bankai state before, and thus, his Zanpakuto spirit reflects this state. Before Ichigo can think on it too much, though, Tetsu Zangetsu attacks, stating that the thing he wants to protect and the thing Ichigo wants to protect are not the same thing. In Karakura Town, a middle-aged businessman is also awake, 
randomly. Oh, I forgot about that guy. <laughs> but he's not awake for long because an encounter with Aizen poos far too much for him and he just, well, he just ceases to exist. <laughs> Aizen and Gein then spot Ichigo's friends. Bouncing back to Ichigo like a yo-yo, Tensa Zangetsu comments on the world now looking like Kawakura Town and pierces Ichigo's chest before pulling out a white glob from within him. A white glob that manifests into that of his inner hollow wearing a horned mask. And we're back in Kawakura again, where Aizen finally catch up to, catches up to Tatsuki and Keigo. After Tatsuki tells Keigo to run, it seems like all is over for Tatsuki, but for a mysterious figure appearing to, hopefully, save the day. Yeah, there we go. Whoa, yeah, oh my god. I don't think we've visited so many different places in one episode before right in like these episodes yeah i think that's true actually we've got the don guy we've got the inner world we've got fake karakura town we've got real karakura town because everything is all coming to a head right now all at the same time because of course it's like it's like what is that um there's that that old newspaper clipping quote that's like life isn't actually one damn thing after another the damn things overlap oh yeah 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 i can't yeah but yeah exactly and it's like we've now got Ichigo and Ishin who are spending. Ishin says that he can hold back the current for two thousand hours, Dangai time. Yeah. So yeah. whatever that equates to human, like actual real real time, means that you know they're gonna come back. Time and times not passed, so they could all of this stuff that we're seeing. And all yeah. these, like, it's not equating to what's happening in the Dangai. It's it's going to take some getting used to, like, going backwards and forwards, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yes, definitely. Definitely. Oh, God. Oh. Okay, um, right. <laughs> we should do anime and manga differences before we both get off to the races. We should. One, yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so starting off with episode 300, we have manga chapters 402, decide 4, 403, decide 5, and 404, decide 6. Honestly, these manga chapters aren't very... uh... I actually don't hate it because it feels like an ex- it feels like an escalation. Well, yes. and because they're called deicide, the question is always like, what does it mean to be a god? Who are the gods we're killing? Ba 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 ba. And so I, I, it feels like it's leading up to something massive, and I'm actually quite a big fan of that, especially because yes. when yeah. when Lethen and I recorded the last couple of episodes, which is when, um, excuse me, the last podcast episode, which covered the last couple of anime episodes, that's when we started getting into the deicide chapters and. I remember the names of some of the chapters that are important to me or feature characters that I care heavily about, but it, it, like deicide is just this big block of like, oh, this is where we are in the story in my mind, and I watched this part of the anime before ever reading the manga. So I understand that it's not particularly, I don't know that it needs to be creative to be impactful though, so... Maybe yeah. it's not the most creative way to title these chapters, but I really find it satisfying and exciting and kind of scary, actually. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. And I do think it it may not seem creative, but it's kind of got that finality that it is counting down slash counting up to something happening. Right, exactly. Ex- especially because weren't... um. The Turn Back the Pendulum chapters were just called Turn Back the Pendulum minus seven. Turn exactly. Back the Pendulum, aren't yeah. they? Right? Yeah, yeah. just in, in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be honest, it wasn't until you started saying this word 
not like I was saying it. I was like, wait, what? Lethen said decide as well. That's okay. <laughs> and I, I just didn't see that eye. And I was like, is this a weird well, way Americans say the word decide? Do you want to know something no. <laughs> really stupid is the reason that that word has the sign or like that that's just a, something that I'm, uh, the pronunciation just lands is because there's a metal band called Deicide. And I listened to that band before I ever watched or read Bleach. So there no, you yes. go. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I know. I just automatically read it as decide, thinking, you know, they've got all these big decisions to make. Yeah, no, it's it's deicide, as in the killing of a god, of a deity. No, yeah, that makes so much more sense. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, differences we've got is we actually get shown the fight between Yami and Kisuke in their anime, whereas the manga just refers to it. Yeah, and that's then, fine. I really don't care. <laughs> yeah, there's the man, there's the minor, ex- there's a minor extended battle scene with Kisuke Yorichi and Ishin all converging on Aizen. Sure. They still do the cool kind of pirouette thing with Aizen showing off his ballet moves, and then he's like, "Oh my god, that was great! I loved that." I the, also the fact that Aizen was like, "You want to know what my instinct is? Blocking with my foot." Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, off. that's pretty much it. And you can tell that there's, yeah, you can tell because it is three chapters long. Three chapters seems to be a good medium that really doesn't have anything major filler-wise. Three is when it's a good episode. Cool. One is when it's a bad episode. (laughs) Yeah, one is, mm -mm. one is, one is a problem. (laughs) One is a problem. Oh, man. Yeah, we had one of those last podcast episode as well with all of that anime flashback so much freaking flashback and it was like one chapter of the manga so yes yeah yes yeah three Uh, seems like a sweet spot yeah you probably couldn't do more than three two successfully i think you'd have too much content if you tried to do four exactly yeah yeah Yeah. cool okay well great so that means that we can actually just straight up talk about most of this because most of it is canon so that's exciting yeah okay oh boy where do you want to start um i I kind of want to start with Kisuke, because okay, yeah, he's there. So yeah. we have Kisuke just straight up just showcasing off his keto skills. Yes, and he he uses quite a few in quick succession, but then when he gets to a really high yeah. number, he then switches to actually chanting it. Oh yeah, oh I love that. I love a long keto chant. It really, really feels mm-hmm. epic. It just feels so, mythic. I think this l- level. Of going for, because I'm pretty sure Kisuke at this point didn't have to use the chant. Kisuke is a keto master think? that he could yeah. probably do that one in, in chantless. However, really? I think he knows that if he wants to really have any chance against Aizen, it needs to be stronger. So that's why he used it. Oh, I see. Yeah, in order to achieve what he actually wanted to. Yeah, if he were trying to bind somebody of a lower power level, he could probably do it without the chant. But because this is Aizen, he needs to pull out the big guns. Yes, exactly. that makes sense. Yeah. 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 Yeah, because we've, we've covered that on the podcast before, I think. The idea that using the chant verbally enhances the strength of the keto, even if you don't need the chant to let the keto go off in the first place. Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which is pretty cool, actually, from a... I mean, I know it's not... Well, I suppose they are called keto spells sometimes. I was going to say it's not exactly magical metaphysics, but you know what? I think it is. I'm happy to call that magical metaphysics. I like that as a piece of metaphysical building. Yeah. It makes sense. Hmm. 
it's actually a fun little parallel because I think the last time we saw Kisuke use an extensive chant like that was when he was opening the Don guy up for the crew for the first time. Um, and this series of episodes ends with Ichigo back in the Don guy again. So I don't know. It sort of feels full circle in a in a in an unexpectedly satisfying way. Yeah. Speaking of Kisuke and we know that he's quite creative in what he does and he's done this whole he's designed this whole system of binding mm-hmm. as of blocking a soul reaper's Ooh, powers. Mm-hmm. This Oh yes, yeah. This isn't the first time we've heard of these soul spiritual pressure outlets, is it? No, it is not. No. When was that back in? Like Renji Biakova versus Ichigo way back in It might have been but I think there may also have been, maybe I'm just conflating this with some things I've read in fandom spaces, but when Rukia is in, I mean, she, of course, she doesn't really have her powers at the time, but I think that any restraint devices devices that are ever used to hold Shinigami almost always have some sort of fastening at the wrists because that is a, 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 a Ryatsu outlet. Mm-hmm. I think there there's, um it's a, you can, because you can, there are devices that can, like tamp down the the spiritual pressure you have access to. I know that's a thing. Like Ryatsu inhibitors are a thing. Yeah. Um. Wait. Maybe. Are, hmm, I don't know. This is a true question, and I I'm not sure. Are the what about like the maggots nest people? Are they somehow restrained in that way, or am I just making silly assumptions that are grounded in nothing? Well, I mean, if Kisuke was in charge, that's probably where he first created the scuffs. Maybe in there. Maybe. Maybe. Well, because it's also different from just a straight-up inhibitor, because I think a Ryatsu inhibitor limits the amount of Ryatsu and power that you have access to, whereas this is truly just, it's like if you were to plug up a, a, a hose, like a, a and then you just let the water build and build and build, and then the hose explodes eventually because it's too full of water. That's yeah. kind of what this is. Yeah. Well, hey, either way, it's a great way to try and fuck up somebody like Aizen who has such big spiritual pressure. Right? <laughs> Yeah. Can you imagine using it on someone else who has like, like Kempachi, who's also got like an excess of like he has to Ugh. have his he has to have that eye patch that kind of eats away at his soul pressure, spiritual God, pressure. Yeah, true, true, true. Mm. It would be a nightmare for most of the captains, I should think, mm. right? And I imagine they'd all respond to it differently. I mean, depending on how used to like spiritual discomfort they are. Hmm. Hmm. Funny, but yeah, no. It's a. It was a. It was a good move on. Yeah. On Kisuke's part. Yeah, because they're really pulling out all the stops. Yeah. Truly. Truly. Uh. Yeah. Something. <sighs> this episode does a really good job of showing us both the similarities and the differences between Kisuke and Aizen. I feel, and there are two things that stuck out to me in that way and the first one was their respective attitudes toward the hogyoku uh and then the second one was their respective attitudes towards technique in general and i think there's probably a decent amount to talk about with each of those so would you be open to like taking those things one by one kind of and having a conversation about the hogyoku and then about like technique um kind of thing yeah sure yeah okay so first off uh (laughs) 
so knowing that Kisuke and Aizen both have this, like, creator relationship to the Hogyoku, basically, um, Aizen talks about control of the Hogyoku and subjugation of the Hogyoku. And Kisuke is happy to acknowledge that he couldn't control the Hogyoku a hundred years ago. Uh, but the thing that I kind of found myself wondering was, I like, is this speaking to Aizen's and Kisuke's attitudes towards control in general? I think, like, it... It doesn't feel like a spicy take to say that Kisuke is a more chaotic person than Aizen. <laughs> um, and so so part of me wonders whether one of Aizen's primary weaknesses actually is this fixation on control over uh, and then through that power over subjugation of whatever. So sure, Aizen's in this position where like his body is changing miraculously because he quote subjugated I think fused with actually probably is more accurate but I'm an outside viewer what the fuck do I know um the Hogyoku whereas I I sort of I didn't really get the sense that Kisuke's end goal with the Hogyoku was ever like control over this thing that just didn't seem like what he was going for yeah yeah no I'd agree with that that's yeah that's not his end goal he no I feel like they created maybe did it for different purposes because Eisen's always been always his goals have always been clear it's always been a case of he wants to create the Oaken so we can get to the Soul King's Palace he wants to break down mm-hmm. the walls between um, Shinigami and Hollow and ascend to something beyond no man so you know he can be basically ruler a of god basically god. he's trying to be a god yeah jesus i think i imagine if i bet you if you literally if you came to kisuke and you said hey bro do you want to be a god kisuke would be like no, no. i have a shop to run like, <laughs> he plays god every single day <laughs> i have a domestic partner and two children absolutely not <laughs> and i think maybe that's the big difference between the two of them it's intent You've got the yeah. You've got Kisuke who probably created it for fun because he was like bored and it was interesting to see what it would do, and then you've got Aizen yeah. who's like, I want this to do something. I see the true potential in this, and I'm gonna go for it because he's got that ambitious streak. Yeah, it reminds me. I was having a conversation with somebody earlier this week about, um like careers in technology basically mm-hmm. um and this person is very much an entrepreneur and a self-starter but they're not a software engineer they don't really know code that kind of thing and so um the question that i was asking him i was like hey okay so i'm kind of interested in working in the technology space but i'm not a technology professional and this guy's answer was so insightful and i think it applies to the difference between kisuke and aizen here too um this guy said okay well there are two ways to think about working in tech or working with tech he was like one way is you have this passion for the technology itself you know you can write code and writing code is your everything but you don't really care whether you're working for Uber or McDonald's or Target or Primark or or Greg's like it doesn't matter you're just you're here to write code and that's the thing you love doing and then he said the other way of thinking about it is you're in the tech space because there's a problem you want to solve and tech is the vehicle that you're using to solve that problem so I get the sense that sort of Kisuke 
kind of falls more into the former camp because he really just loves the tech and loves the science. And he is like probably fascinated by bodies, which is why he created both Gigai and the Hogyoku. Both of those are very like body focused things kind of um and he he created the whole department of research and development because he likes research and development not because he was really trying to solve any one particular problem whereas eisen we know is probably the most i mm, one of the most goal-oriented people in the whole entire show so he's the kind of person who pursues this interest in technology so that he can do a specific thing yeah no, yeah, yeah, that's really, yeah. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. They're just two sides of a coin in that way, mm-hmm. sort of. Ah, oh, and it's really a bummer they're not on the same side because they're both so fucking smart. So if they, God, can you imagine if they actually work together towards something, they probably could achieve way more even than than anything that they've both been able to achieve in a singular way, which is already impressive. Yeah, exactly. I don't think I would want to see a world where both of them worked happily together. Oh, well. really? I think I kind of, I mean, provided that there's enough moral neutrality, well, whatever, I feel like society is already a pretty morally neutral place. I don't know. I, if if they let themselves keep each other in check, it, I feel like it could actually be really, I mean, granted, they would definitely break some stuff. 100% they would break some stuff. <laughs> but uh, Yeah, yeah um, I suppose like... Yeah, if they balanced each other out and they kept, as you said, kept each other in check and didn't include mm-hmm. a third party like a Maori or something, because then oh, that would just be chaotic. Yeah. <laughs> well, mm, uh, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Well, because I think I don't hate the idea of having Mayuri involved. The other thing, too, is that both Kisuke and Aizen could hand Mayuri's ass to him in their sleep. Like, they could. Oh, for sure. I feel like Mayuri's not a threat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> said with affection. Ugh. Ugh. So yeah, so I think I just wanted to highlight that difference between uh, Kisuke not really caring too much about control and Aizen being fucking obsessed with control. Vis-a-vis the Hogyoku, but also in general. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, and then the other thing, which I realize is probably related to this, is just one more key difference that made me like Kisuke more and hate Aizen slightly more because we already, like, Aizen's a dick. We know this. But, um, so when Kisuke shows up using the Gigai technique that he used with Yami, Aizen says something and I'm like, wait, really? A little bit? So he says, I let my guard down because I never thought you'd resort to such trickery. Which, okay, thing number one, it's like you have the report. You know that Kisuke's done this before. But then I thought about that and I was like, wait, ri- just... Why Why are you speaking in such, why are you talking down to a technique like this that is kind of, it's kind of fun, actually. Like a blow-up portable guy is fun and, and kind of silly and like really scientifically impressive, but also kind of silly. And it reminded me of the, like any sorts of conversations that people have between like high art and low art, which I think is a false binary and a half. But the idea of, you know, classic literature holds this really important place and it's so much better than contemporary YA fiction. Or like people that put Shakespeare up on this pedestal because they don't realize that the comedies are filled with dick jokes. It's like there's there high art and low art is something people tell themselves to make themselves feel better. And I feel like Eisen is doing that 
when it comes to Kisuke and his gi guy and stuff. I think he's trying to reduce what Kisuke is doing into something stupid so that he can be, he, so we can feel like he's this elevated, like astute per- person somehow. Um, and Kisuke just isn't pretentious like that. He's just like, yeah, yeah. I'm here. I look at my look at my stripy hat and my gi guy. Like, what do you want from me? If it works, is what Kisuke is very much a case of. If it works, it works. And Aizen yeah! is like, he he fell for it, so he's trying to justify why yes! he fell for yes! it. Yes. Oh my god, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> yeah. Ah. <sighs> uh. So yeah, that's that's sort of all I had for this episode. So uh, yeah, I uh, just wanted to like highlight those differences because this episode more than any other, including Turn Back the Pendulum stuff, I think, d- did a really good job of pinpointing them. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. The only other things I've got for this episode is Gein. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about Gein. So we had some Gein. So Gein's very much a case of he didn't know about the fusing. Yeah. Which that is, was a big reveal, actually. It was. Which is like, well, what what did Gein know? But like, how much does Gein know? And right, why is him not knowing about the fusing such a big deal? Right. And of the things that Gein does know, are those things because Gein has been by Eisen's side constantly and paying close attention for a long time, or are they things because are they things that Gein is allowed to know because Eisen has permitted Gein to see the things that he wants Gein to see? Yeah, and then fusing with the ho- excuse me, subjugating the ho- okay, <laughs> wasn't wasn't one of them. <laughs> yeah. It's just such an asshole way to talk about it. I've subjugated this inanimate object that kind of has a will. It's mine. It listens to me. I'm a beautiful butterfly. God. God. Uh, um, no pun intended. <laughs> Stupid. Stupid. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Gein's becoming very fascinating to me, I think. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I want I'm interested to see his angle. Yeah. Well, hey, we get a little bit more of that in the next episode ish. Mm-hmm. Um do we do we feel like it's time to move on to that so we can maybe unpack some of the game stuff a little bit more? Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. Hell yeah. So episode three hundred and one, we've got manga chapters four oh five, DSide seven. Moving into start of volume 47, we've got 406, Deicide 8, End of the Chrysalis Age, and then 407, Deicide 9. So... Oh, wait, so we've got one with a subtitle, and then it's just like, and now we're just going back to numbers. Yes, but that subtitle, I feel, is the start of the end. Like, it's moving to the next phase. Because mm. even Eisen okay. says it, this is the end of the Chrysalis Age. This is what the volume yes. is called as well. This volume is called End of the Chrysalis Age. And you can oh, see that's it's beautiful. a metaphor for, you know, he's become this chrysalis. And now it's kind of breaking free, and we're starting to see this Eisen that's beyond the chrysalis. He is very much, as you're saying, going through this metamorphosis right. state of being a butterfly. Right. I just had another thought. Um, are there any other than Tozen and Aizen? Have we seen any other bug Iran cars? 
I guess Mashiro's kind of a beetle. Yeah, she. Yeah, she's got. And that. She's not an Iran car. She's she's a she's a hollow. Lol. I mean, she's a visor. <laughs> she's a visor. <laughs> Um, Someone who has uh, not that Eisen's undergoing holification either, because he squishes that idea like a bug too. He's so he's so opposed. He's like, I wouldn't stoop to the level of mere holification. Fuck you. Uh-huh. Uh, but really, it is. He's just trying to justify that it's not. <laughs> I know. It's like, oh no, I'm so much cooler. <laughs> it's true. He's so obsessed with looking cool. He really is. Mm. But yeah, I don't think we've seen any other bugs, have we? So it's just kind of funny that it's only. Tozen and Aizen, I think. I'm trying right? to think. I am too, and I don't think there's anybody else. We've seen, like, yeah, bug hollows, but not as Espada Not levels. people that started as Shinigami and ended up with some hollow powers of any kind. I think other. it's truly the only other exception I can think of is kind of Mashiro. That's literally it. Yeah. But she also doesn't go full like she doesn't get like a resurrection or anything not like tozen did and tozen was just a f- he was just a fly he was just a fly it, he was a fly <laughs> a cricket we'll go with that but yeah a cricket yeah oh i thought he looked like a fly no i think the whole purpose of it was that he was a cricket because that's what his shikai is and that's why oh my that, god wait. and when he <laughs> when he first oh, arrived, I've been a fool. you hear oh, the cricket dear. in the background Oh my gosh, maybe I was just obsessed with the fact that the little fuzzies were like, were, were black and that looked fly-like to me. LOL. <laughs> well, now I'm Googling it, but. I mean, yeah. I could be misinterpreting it, but yeah. Oh man. I mean, either way, either way, it's a bug. So a I'm bug. still satisfied. Yeah. The, and we're going to squash these bugs. Right. Which leads oh, us to Ichigo right. squashing bugs. <laughs> it doesn't uh. really say. It just describes, like, the colors of things. Yeah. High-speed regeneration. It actually doesn't go into the resurrection component in the wiki. That's stupid. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well. Um, but, yeah, back to manga-anime differences. The only difference yes. is, is that we had fight filler right at the start with everyone. So, Gin and Ichigo and then Trio versus Aizen. The manga actually starts with Matsumoto. So, everything before we see Matsumoto running oh. is filler. Yeah, sure. It is a cricket, by the way. You were right. I just found it. Yeah, anyway. Yep. <laughs> yep. yep. <sighs> okay. Oh, I like it better starting with... It feels It feels somehow more urgent if it's just a quick lit... And it fe- it's, a, it's a bigger shift if you just go straight to Rangiku like that. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah. I, like, that's true. That's one where it's like, we're just going to have to see where that goes. Because she also... Did she... Um, back in the rescue arc, she made some note she like it was like she she either spent some time like looking at Gein or saying Gein. It's like there, it's click th- this is the culmination of like okay you guys have history but what the fuck yeah yeah it's been hinted at that they have history um but it's not been kind of evolved from that yeah we've been they've been teasing that for so long for so long that part's not like. broken out of its chrysalis yet we don't know what that's gonna fall yeah exactly <laughs> it's still it's still incubating <laughs> yeah yeah oh gosh is that it yeah that was it oh yeah that's so satisfying oh good hooray yep is this the first time we're seeing kisuke zanpak topaz i'm trying to remember 
I'm um, sh- not all of it's the first time we're seeing Shibari Benihime, which the name of I'm just like Shibari is also the name for intricate rope bondage. So I, I was like, all right, bro, I, it makes me um, every time. Yeah, right. Um, and he has Sobi Benihime, but we've our Jew. Oh, I didn't write down the full title. I wrote he has Sobi Benihime. Do something. Sorry, God. Um, but it's the first time we've seen the fire explodey technique along the ropes. Also, um, but we've seen we've seen the one uh where he just says the translation is like is it's either cry or shriek depending on what you're reading or watching um and we see that bolt of red energy streak towards somebody we saw that when Yami Okiyora first came to the world of the living i believe but we haven't seen him do anything that isn't just like whoop i'm attacking you yeah yeah with benihime yeah supane benihime is what is what he used against yami mm. yeah yeah we've seen quite a few he's got a for you fair things he's got a lot that he can do mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yep and he lets them out when they need to be shown and seen and not a moment before yeah yeah but he also doesn't pull punches right like once he's ready to go shikai he's ready to go shikai and we're there oh for sure well i suppose that's kind of that is kind of very his um, Shikai Command is awaken or wake up, depending on what you're reading. So, you know, that right. kind of leads to it of, he's awake now, so he's going to use it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For your reference as well, Lethan and I joked on the last episode of the podcast that the reason he didn't show up until he showed up was because he slept through his alarm. So that's <laughs> even, even more fitting. <laughs> Yes, I love that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it makes sense. God. Oh, buddy. I mean, in some ways, he is just like a a, a teenage stoner. And then in other ways, he's fucking Kisuke Urahara. But it's, it's I mean, pfft, yep. <laughs> well, I have a question. Okay. And it is about Gein. Okay. Uh, so... I, I just want to talk about Gein Zanpakuto a oh, yeah. little bit. So my question to you is, what do you think Gein Zanpakuto and its abilities mean about Gein as a person? <laughs> <laughs> well, this is what I was researching before I oh cool came onto the podcast because the translation of his um, Zanpakuto ability that he uses, Buto is dance mm. but then i was mm. like but rukia's is also dance and that's a different word that's right. my yes that's that's my yeah so then i had to go look up what buto meant and the difference between using buto and my and buto is a type of dance it's a theatrical art um so it's a form of japanese dance theater that encompasses a diverse range of activities techniques and motivations for dance performance or movement Whereas oh. my is just the adjective of dancing, like to do just to dance. dance. Yeah. Um, so that's the difference between the two of them. So this having that kind of element of an actual art form of dance, creatively kind of expressing mm. himself. I don't know. It's common features of this art form inf- include playful and grotesque imageries, 
Um, taboo oh, topics. that's so geen. That's so geen. Extreme or observed environments. And it's traditionally performed in white body makeup with slow, hyper-controlled motion. Oh, I know what this is. Yeah, totally. Yep. Oh, man. Um, so the fact that we've got Gein's Shikai as being described as the fastest Zampacto. Mm, mm. Combined with the fact that this is slow, hyper-controlled motion. Whereas if you think when things start going too fast, it almost looks like it's in slow motion. Whoa, yes, yes. So I think that's a collection as well. Yeah. Ooh. So it, it's all very it's all very controlled. And Gein is one of those controlled kind of... He We don't know much about Gein. We, like, no, as we, we really saying, don't. He's very... He's totally shrouded in mystery, it seems like. He, he really is. And he's controlling all of that from within. Mm-hmm. So, mm. yeah, it is very... Once you get down to that, what is Buto? It is very fitting when you take it that way. Cool. Oh, that's a cool interpretation. I hadn't thought of that at all. What had you thought of? Uh, the thing I found myself, yeah, sort of focused on was... In response to Ichigo's little inner monologue about what the scariest part of it is, uh, which is that thing where because it can extend so quickly and so far, the idea of it, which I also realized, like, what a cool, incredible power to be able to, like, if you consider somebody, this is going to be a false binary too, but for the most part, I think we've seen among Shinigami and Visards and Iran cars and whatever, um, people tend to be either melee fighters or distance fighters, and nobody really straddles that too significantly. So if Gein is up against someone who thinks they're a distance fighter, it doesn't matter because his Zanpakuto can get there quickly so no matter how far away you are you're still in range of Gein which is so scary so the idea is the thing that I thought of was like how does this reflect on Gein as a person is you can try to keep your distance from a guy like Gein but it doesn't matter because Gein is going to get to you if he wants to no matter what just as a person like yes his Zanpakuto but also as a person yeah yeah yeah. Which is so fucking insidious. Mm-hmm. Mm. Which makes, hope, hopefully, whatever comes next with regards to Gein, because... Oh, I know. All the more interesting. Yeah. I had a thought about that a little bit, too, with regard to Kira's observations about Rangiku, because... So, okay, right. So we know Rangiku and Gein have history of some kind. We don't know what. We know Kira and Gein have history, because Kira was Gein's lieutenant. So, like... Yeah. Yes. Um, So, as Rangiku is running away like an idiot, um, Kira's like, I could only heal you after a certain point, so this is a really reckless thing to do. And maybe I'm being too artsy about it or whatever, but (laughs) I looked at that. And because we also... We know at this point that, like... Kira and Rangiku were close. Like, they they hang out. They're friends. That's, yeah. yeah. Um, and so I was like, well, obviously, Kira. Like, it's not like you could heal either of either <laughs> you, yourself or her from what Gein has done, metaphorically. Like, of course you can't. Of course you can't. Like, <laughs> of course you can only heal her up to a certain point. Like, friendship can only do so much when someone has been as shitty as Gein. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, bless. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah. they oh. really need a um some sort of mental health scheme in this in this <sighs> OHA. I swear to God. <laughs> I swear to God. Yeah, it's it's like I know we've talked about it a couple of times oh, yeah. in the podcast, but it is ludicrous. I mean, I know that Yamamoto is the definition of someone you would say okay boomer to, but like <laughs> It's just baffling how much people in the soul society need that. And yeah. the fact and there is no everybody everything is glossed over. Everything is like there this is not a Yamamoto joke, I swear to god, but like everybody is so reactive, so you're just putting out fires all over the place <laughs> and nobody is taking initiative to try and make it better except for maybe a few people who are in charge of singular divisions or something, but it's not a pervasive mentality in soul society at all. It's not, no. Ugh. They're going to run out of brooms if they keep sweeping everything under the rug, honestly. God, right? <sighs> yeah, seriously. Seriously. Like so many crickets. <laughs> just had the thought of like, it's like now that the visards are here and they've been like out in the real world and free of the ludicrous martial law and whatnot that soul society imposes the idea like i'm imagining the idea of like hachi coming back and being like hey yamamoto haven't seen you in a while um i just wanted to ask have you heard of this thing called talk therapy because i encountered it when i was in the world of the living um i'm really well adjusted considering all the shit that's happened to me but i just i wanted to offer that maybe some people under your jurisdiction could benefit from a service like that like can you imagine yeah uh, <laughs> that's what yeah. fan fiction and headcanons for it's okay <laughs> oh i also think that hachi would be a good therapist in another life oh he really would he's got the temperament for it yeah well, those are all of my thoughts about Gein for now. Yeah, I'm good with Gein. Ishin, then. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. What did you think of the words that Ishin was saying to um, Ichigo when he's like, oh, um, almost kind of like guilt-tripping him into Ooh, fighting yeah. back? Right. What did you think of that? Well, I thought, I mean... I don't think this take is particularly spicy either, but I think Ishin has a deeper understanding than he let on early on in Bleach about how responsible Ichiko felt for his mom's death. Mm-hmm. And Ishin knows his son, and he knows what Ichigo was like when Ichigo was young and was still learning not to like turn into a puddle instead of standing up for himself and for others kind of thing. And... I think it was a cool way. Like, the thing that I'm thinking about is the part where he said, are you going to sit here and cry again because you couldn't protect something? And I think, whatever, language around not crying, especially when it comes to men and boys, that kind of language, problematic, not here for it. Please let everybody cry. Everybody needs to fucking cry sometimes, and Mm. that's just the way people work. Um, But in this case, I thought it was actually a really cool way for Ishin to both up the stakes and acknowledge how far Ichigo has come from where he was both when he was a young kid and when he first got his soul reaper powers the idea that protecting people protecting family protecting loved ones was the impetus behind Ichigo gaining the strength in the first place and I think Ishin is aware of that at this point um Yeah. So I I think, yeah, normally I'd be super critical of a dad telling a son not to cry. 
But in this case, it's like, well, sure, but the world is literally ending, and this is all about protecting people that Ichigo loves again. So, you know what? Yeah, when Ichigo was a literal child, he couldn't save his mom, and that sucked. Like, that really genuinely sucked. But Ichigo is so much stronger now, and there are way more lives on the line, and Ichigo isn't the same person he used to be, and I think Ishin can probably tell that Ichigo is in a little bit of a funk, because not only did Gein get into his head, but Ichigo is up against really incredible odds, so, so many odds that it's been raining inside his soul world, which is now underwater, Mm -hmm. great, and I I gotta say, I think Ishin said the right thing here. I mean, I know that uh, other people on this podcast feel differently about Ishin than I do, <laughs> but I think he. D- I think it was an effective pep talk, given the high stakes and given what he knows about his son. I'm here for it. Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm with you. I think that Ishin has been Ichigo's dad for 15, 16 years. Before that, he's been a Shinigami. So he knows, and he knows that these words, as harsh as they may seem to someone. He knows that they are exactly what Ichigo needs to hear right now. Right, right. And I don't think Ichigo would have reacted the same way had words like that come from anybody else. Exactly, yeah. I'm here for it. I it think... reminds me of a... Oh. No, I was just going to say, I think Ishin is being a good dad. Yes, <laughs> I am all... It's good dad. Good dad Ishin hours. It is real, good dad Ishin hours, yeah. It reminds me of a quote that I heard not long ago um, that Ooh. kind of kind of fits the theme and it's a strong person is not one who doesn't cry a strong person is one who is quiet and sheds tears for a moment and then picks up the sword to fight again oh my goodness i mean that's so bleach i can't even tell you that's like that could be the theme quote of bleach basically exactly yeah so it's and that's pretty much what ishin is saying is that you know crying time is over it's now to pick up your sword and fight again yeah it's over or it's not yet. Like maybe, you know, cry cry when you need to after this, but we've got some asses to kick first in a really major and important way. Yeah. 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 Mm. <sighs> yeah, and I guess we get to see a little bit more from Ishin in the next episode. I actually, I sort of think, oh, they, I mean, at this point it's like, oh God, I, I guess Aizen and Gein have left left the proverbial proverbial building and are on their way to the real Karakura town now because they're gonna make the Oaken and get to the Soul Palace uh, apparently is the plan (laughs) I don't really have anything to say about that just it's happening it's happening it's It's all happening happening. (laughs) (laughs) um Shall we move on to the next episode then, where we can talk mm-hmm, about the so. Don guy and the yep. next steps? Oh my! So we can literally delve into the Don guy. We can. We don't have news this week, by the, the way, guy. listeners. We're just going to delve into the Don guy because that's what Ishin and Ichigo did in this episode. So indeed. <laughs> don't add us. <laughs> Not about that. <laughs> okay. So yeah, episode three hundred two then. Manga chapters: Deicide ten, Deicide eleven, Deicide twelve. Good God. Four, yeah. eight, four, nine, four, ten. <laughs> um, Good. We have Good. some, we have a little bit more differences this time. We have three differences ah. instead of one difference. Well, hey, okay, we're moving yeah. down in the world, but I'll take it. Um, Kago panics rambling went on for longer. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. 
he he really didn't shut up. Enough that I took a note that I was like, oh my gosh, Keiko is fully one of those people that really cannot cope with silence. He yeah. needs to keep talking because I think that kind of silence probably makes him anxious. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, there's censorship with the businessman. <laughs> <gasps> oh! <laughs> I don't know what because I, I was taking notes I wrote salary man because I was like oh, okay that's like that's what this is yeah. and then for some reason in your summary when you said a middle-aged businessman the specificity of it was just so funny to me <laughs> oh this poor fucker oh. <laughs> yeah. um he he just kind of disappears in the anime it's like he vanishes it's like he ceases to existence um he just gets dusted like a vampire in buffy exactly basically. yeah where in the manga he's there's a, he's actually bleeding and he's lying bloody oh, yes. in a heap on the ground so you know the, pressure makes people bleed yeah so i feel like the anime okay. is better like because aizen says oh he can't he he can't comprehend my spiritual power but his body it's right right his body doesn't know what to do in my presence so it's just that kind of Dissipates into the air. I I didn't find that confusing or off-putting at all when I was watching. Actually, yeah. Uh. Um, and then the end of this episode, that Mm. reveal at the end was not in the manga. So wait, whoa, what? what? There was a foot in the manga, and we see the foot coming to rescue Tatsuki, but we do not see the obvious glint of a monocle. Um. Oh, so we we don't know who it is in the in the manga, but we have a vague oh. idea of who it's going to be in the anime. Okay, yeah. well, you know what? Honestly, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> I had forgotten. I was like, is this going to like lead up? I'd and... forgotten. Also, <laughs> I was like, oh no, it's this dude. <laughs> okay, <laughs> right. Well, and then I also had a moment of, because the next episodes in order are we're, we're we're coming up against three filler episodes. And then of course I, I went and I looked at what the filler episodes were, and that person I don't th- I don't think that person is in- involved. Certainly not in the latter two. Uh, you know what? I don't remember or that, care enough. That, yeah. No, <laughs> nope. Um. Ah, uh, yeah, because yep. yeah, it's the ones after. God, I feel like I feel like yeah. it's it's it's. A consistent anime trend to bring back the silliest people at the most serious <laughs> times. Well, it, um, Ishida's still, Ishida and Wenji are still in um, Hueco Mundo, so they had to find somebody else. Oh my... Mm, that's true. That's true. That's and true. Peche and, and Dondo Chaco. Or Hime's there too, right? Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> fuck me. I f- you want to know who I haven't thought about in like 50 fucking episodes? Peche and Dondo Chaco. <laughs> Oh, I don't even dislike Nell. I just think Pesce and Don don't try. If they didn't say anything, they'd be fine, but they don't shut up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Baba Bawa's okay. Want to know why? He doesn't talk. <laughs> of the three, Baba Bawa is the least offensive to me. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> well, anyway. <laughs> mm. Okay. All right. Right, so we get some some important information about the Don guy from Ishin, who seems to just casually know all of this. 
Um, and, and who, I just, I feel the need to remind people because it is a big fucking deal and because we've just seen two episodes that contain a decent amount of high-level keto because Aizen is a keto master and Urahara is a keto master. I want to make sure that people remember Ishin is categorically a keto master also. He is very, very, very good. Mm-hmm. And... The, we kind of got an insight, though, into how he would know all of this stuff because he's talking right. about how Ichigo has literally his Ichigo's whole Soul Weeper journey has been brute forcing his way into learning all of this yeah. stuff that he's got to learn. Was a Shinigami. Mm-hmm who would have gone through the academy, would have learned how to do mm-hmm. Jinsen, would have learned how to convene yes. with their... Um, there's probably whole classes on how to talk to one's Zanpakuto Oh, spirit. there must be. I... I... Absolutely. I, don't, I can't... How could... The, I, feel, I feel like it would be irresponsible of the academy not to have classes and courses that focus on that. Exactly. Not, of course, that I'm making assumptions that the academy is a responsible place, <laughs> but... Well, I mean, from what we've seen, when they go into Jesus. the world of the living and get attacked by hollows, you know. <laughs> uh, that's right. <laughs> yep, good point. Yep. Good point. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, but yeah, and it also like leads to go, if Shinigami are going to be using the Dangai as a way to get between worlds when they're going off mm. on their missions to the world of the living... There's probably at least some sort of, not test, but reading they've got to do beforehand so they know not to stop and tie their shoelace or to... Oh, God, yes. So it's all of those things that because Ichigo's only half a Shinigami, he's only the substitute Shinigami, he's not had these Mm -hmm. lessons. Like, he didn't even even know the captain's names when he first went to the... um, Yeah. (laughs) So, Ate, so, you know... Yeah, it's, well, to be fair, at that time, it seemed like people from d- different divisions didn't really know each other. Either, <laughs> so like, I don't think he was that slow on the uptake, all things considered. True, Kisuke's at that point. It's like, yeah, you know, it's been a hot it's been a hot second since I was last in the world. Yeah, exactly. Of society, so I'm not going to give you any names because they all could be dead. <laughs> Wait, oh, ouch. That Well, and also I can't imagine that was the most important part. Although I suppose it is a little surprising. Wait, because he got some guidance from, ooh, boy, it might have been Kisuke, but it was something like stay away from captains don't fight them that's a stupid thing to do don't do it but i also don't think that the the names of the captains were the most important part for kisuke to relay wait alternate suggestion it was too painful for him to say those names out loud because they remind him of his past probably not (laughs) probably not probably not no no (laughs) but um so yeah i think this is this really highlighted how different Ichigo is from everybody else who's fighting right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know what? Ichigo hasn't ever really had time in this way. He has always been on a really tight deadline because everything has always been escalating so quickly or... The, the person he was trying to rescue was going to be executed on a specific date or uh, we knew we only had until winter until the war started. There was always a deadline. And so now the idea of you can meditate for 2,000 hours or, or is that is more time than Ichigo has ever had to like spend on himself since the beginning of Bleach. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, because no one's actually sat down to him and said, hey, so are you okay with all of this? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, whether he's okay with it or not, I mean, Ichigo is still going to help people and protect people anyway. That's his whole thing. Yeah. But... But yeah, he hasn't had any time for true meditation or self-reflection, I don't think. And I mean, he's a really intuitive guy. So in a lot of ways, he, he sort of hasn't needed to in a way that a lot of other people m- maybe would. He's like, he's really good at taking things as they come. He's he's really good at that, actually. But there's no way that doing a little like doing work on yourself is always a good thing it's it's the same way that like if you if you are a professional in your craft if you are an artisan if you were an artist if you like no matter what you are and no matter what you're good at it's never a bad idea to just take a class or something like it's you can always keep learning and you can always keep perfecting something that you're really really good at that's Mm. never a bad idea yeah well, um, Ichigo's soul world is in a bit of a state, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's in a bit of a disarray. Um, yeah. It's it, it's Atlantis, basically. There's, there's no... Oh my god, it's bush. fucking Atlantis. It's Atlantis. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> but at least it stopped raining, you know. <laughs> Oh, yeah, well, I mean, it's hard to tell when you're underwater, but yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, not only because it's underwater, but it's also hard to find as part of the reason why it's underwater. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we've got this tense Zangetsu now as well. And yeah, it kind of makes sense that a Zanpakuto spirit would change based on the reflection of what state the Shinigami is in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But how many people are actually going to go in Jinzen whilst in Bankai <laughs> to figure this out? Well, I actually don't know. I, 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 I wonder if it's, it's not, I imagine it's not the most common thing in the world, but it, you know, I suppose it also depends on, I was going to say it depends on your Bankai, because I, I feel like some Bankai last for longer than others but of course as I say that I'm like no I think most of the Bankai do do have a fairly extended duration to them I guess it depends on how willing to face yourself you are you know mm. a Bankai is such that such a big manifestation of aspects of your soul and you've got to be a really strong person to be able to look at yourself in such a stark true abrasive light like that yeah yeah, like take for example Hisagi, like oh, I was just thinking that. Yeah, I was just because we because I mean Hisagi's the classic example of like scared of scared of my powers, scared of who I actually am. Ba ba ba. Like it's I mean I don't mean to be reductive about it in that way because it's actually really exciting to investigate and mm-hmm. Hisagi is fascinating. But he's he's the classic example of that, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. But then if you had someone who really liked themselves, like Aizen's probably a type of person who loves himself. Mm. No, Mayuri. Yeah. Mayuri is the type of person who loves himself. <laughs> Mayuri, yeah. But but if you look at look how evolved and how just... Mayuri's Bankai, in order to be okay with a Bankai like that, you have to be okay with yourself. Like, I feel like you don't end up with a Bankai like that until you're like, yeah, I'm weird, what about it? Kind of. <laughs> Eisen, Eisen's a funny one because a question that 
I mean, and we'll see what happens over the next couple of episodes, but I'm like, okay, so we know that Aizen won't fucking shut up about his Shikai, but I'm like, all right, so thing number one, if that's what your Shikai can do, then like that, that is so powerful. So what the fuck is a step up from that? Like, what the fuck would your Bankai be? But then I'm also like, okay, but then granted, we're all building to something at this point. Like, this is hardly the climax of this arc, but why haven't we seen or heard anything about Aizen's Bankai yet? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Aizen loves himself, but as we said earlier on this episode of the podcast, he seems to be making excuses for things that don't go well. So, I mean, he's. I think he is a narcissistic person, but I don't know how much genuine self-acceptance he has, especially considering his whole thing when it comes to subjugating the Hogyoku is evolving is making himself into something more than he was like does he actually love himself or is he still dissatisfied with himself Mm. yeah i have my theories but i can't reveal those theories just yet (laughs) i know i know me too oh i'm so excited to maybe get to that later yeah i'm gonna add it to my full no eisen's Eisen's also just such a black box of a person he's so like figuring out what is going on inside his head is borderline impossible uh-huh. oh and then speaking of like mysteries as well Ishin says something super cagey which is uh oh how does he say it he's it's it's something to the effect of uh like i've never told you about this before and you're gonna find out why soon enough or i don't remember what he actually says but like there's a reason i didn't tell you about the final gets a good 10 show yet uh, wiggling mystery fingers. Do, 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 like. Wiggling mystery fingers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I just noticed that. Um, loading. There, there it is. Uh, the manga kind of did it back to front. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, I mean, that is that is how you read manga. So, so, <laughs> <laughs> like, I know that's not what you meant. <laughs> no, um, like, the, um, the animated... The manga has... Um, Ishin talking about what the Dangai is in a flashback, whereas the manga, oh, whereas the oh. anime just had it in sequential order. Um, make him tell you, find out from Zengetsu what the final gets is at Katantra is. Oh, sure. Uh, is that something I missed then? It was in the anime. Maybe not. I don't know if it was in the manga, but I think it was. Oh, geez. When was it? Because I took a note of it at the end of episode 301. Uh, but sometimes like th- this this bit of the anime really likes to just repeat the end of the last episode. Yeah. And the beginning of the next episode. It's like its favorite thing. Um, Let's go back to four. Yeah. Well, oh, gee, yeah, because the note that I took. Hang on. Teach me what the final Getsuga Tensha. That's all I've got in the manga yeah. at the end of 407. Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's Ichigo starts to go into meditation. And it's that part when Ishin, it's, it's in the beginning of episode 302. And so... Because uh, okay, oh yeah, because I paid attention to it because I was like, oh okay, Sheen, you are talking out loud to yourself all all alone in the dawn guy. That is a fun <laughs> and normal thing to do. Great, good work. And so maybe I think I was uh, uh, projecting and like injecting some assumptions into this, but he said so. Ichigo is starting to meditate and. Ishin is like, yeah, but there's some stuff you don't know about the true nature of the final Getsugo Tensho. So the way that I read that or heard that was 
oh, there's some scary stuff that goes along with this, and I can't tell you, or you need to figure it out for yourself, or... Yeah, so I I, paraphr- I paraphrased poorly, okay. but yes, yeah. it's 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 at the beginning of three hundred two, and it, maybe it is maybe it is anime only. Well, as the only other thing, the only thing that I could probably liken it to in the manga is Ishin says here: in order for you to take the next step, you will have to step into those millennia that you haven't experienced. Oh, yeah, this was not very that at all. But hey, we all know the anime takes liberties sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Okay, well, that's kind of interesting, yeah. I suppose. Then maybe that is a difference. Oh, wait, more pages. Be careful, Zangetsu will be messing this last time. He says that twice in the manga, actually. Oh. So let hmm. me go. Um, okay, he's in the water. Uh, my so he's in. Be careful, Zangetsu will be merciless this time. My Engetsu was the same way. They don't want us. They don't want to teach us this technique. Yeah, you'll know why. This was soon it. That enough. was it. Yeah. That's the, the you'll know why soon enough. That's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Yes, that that was what I was thinking of. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I was mapping some implications onto that. But yes, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay, that took me like like it seems like there's something chapters. bad. So no, yeah. that's okay. That's okay. Like I said, I paraphrased very poorly. Yeah. So. No, it's like, yeah, I see what you mean though. Because the note that I took is like three or four words and then some question marks and exclamation <laughs> points. It's oh my god. It's I don't think I don't think I've ever shown my notes to you and Lathan, but they are they're. Listen, they're organized. Would I trust anybody else to make sense of them? <laughs> so here we are. Uh, but yeah, I feel like it's got that whole with great power comes great responsibility, power exacts yeah. a toll kind of vibe to it. And like, yeah, they're yes. not gonna, everything comes at a price and they're not just gonna give out this death-defying and like God-ending attack without right. extracting some sort of toll right which is also we've seen that before i mean i keep thinking about when uryu launched that massive yeah. attack against mayuri and then lost his quincy powers yeah. until he didn't and, and but he, he had didn't. to get shot in the chest by his dad in order to get them back so <laughs> so yeah i think there's some similarities to be uh to be had yeah. between the two that actually is a pretty cool parallel now that I think about it, because it's it's lovely father-son bonding hours for both of them. It is. It is. Yeah. God. Wait, is Uryu? Hang on a second. Is Uryu still bopping around Waco Munda without an arm, or did he get his arm back? I can't remember. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, he was with Orihime would have, like, we... I know he's with Orihime. Did Orihime restore it? I genuinely don't remember. I think she must have done. <laughs> Okay, hope so. Hey, hope they're all okay. But, well, technically, aren't they still on the canopy at the moment? So, like, you know, is someone oh, going to come yeah. and rescue them oh, from yeah. the roof? Nah, Byakuya and Kenpachi are there. They're going to be fine. Who cares? Oh, no, they're busy, you know. They're fucking, excuse me, fighting. Excuse me, sorry. Daddy, sorry. Daddy, fucking fighting. They're fucking, guys. They're just fucking. Um... Mm-hmm. Uh. Maybe they're flirting. Maybe they haven't actually taken the next step yet. <laughs> maybe they're just maybe they're just kissing gently. <laughs> maybe they're caressing each other's strong jaws. <laughs> maybe they're gazing soulfully into each other's eyes. Oh. <laughs> uh, it's such frankly, this is 
I just think it's such a fun ship because they have really different energies. I don't need to go on more about it, but I just <laughs> think it's fun. I think it's really fun. It's, yeah. Um, also, teaser for my fandom shout out, but <laughs> stall. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. I have, Yeah. It's it's just it. whatever. We'll get there soon. Um, OK. Uh, oh, man. OK. So I guess the only other thing that I wanted to talk about a little bit in episode 302 is just uh, this this conversation surrounding. I mean, they use the word despair in the sub and I just I find myself wondering about like the extent to which like why why is holofication equated with despair in this way and I just despair is such a heavy word and I understand that Ichigo wasn't feeling hopeful and of course Aizen too has that whole bit about each attack you launch against me is one of your hopes and I need to destroy your hopes because I'm the villain and I suck he he makes like he states that overtly and so I don't know what did you think about the way that Tensazangetsu talked about like how Ichigo's doing and this this parallel between Ichigo's hollow side and despair and the underwater in this like what did you make of the makeup of Ichigo's soul world at this point in time is I guess my question yeah I feel like despair is a word that we've heard quite a few times over the course of especially during the Hueco Mundo arc well and it's also Noe Tora's aspect of death Exactly, yes. So yeah. we have heard despair a lot. And I feel like there is a sense of despair. Ichigo had probably almost given up at that point until Ishin had said some choice words and knocked some sense back into him. Yeah. So the fact that his... Um, it's, it says here, look at this world. This towering world of yours that was filled to the heavens with hope has been reduced to your tiny little town. Mm. So though it's like, you know, there was so much hope before he had such like a, a po- kind of a positive outlook on life um, mm-hmm. to an extent. Um, you no, no, ha- no. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. You have. So, you know, his inner world reflected all of these tall buildings. He had so much hope. But now, at the moment, the only thing on Ichigo's mind is Karakura Town. His friends, his sisters. Yeah. Getting that work. It's getting... like his, ho- his whole world has been reduced to thinking about this one really pivotal thing. Exactly. And it's very hard for him at that point to look beyond that, to find the hope beyond that when he is just so focused on getting his world back to the way it should be. Oof. And getting his friends and his family and those who's protecting home. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I had another thought just now that didn't occur to me when I was watching, but isn't Squad 3's thing despair? Yes. That's like the Squad 3, that's like what they're emblematic of or whatever. Yeah, the Magnolia symbolizes despair. And the person who really cemented all of these doubts in Ichigo's mind was Gein. So I don't know. I suppose if anything, I mean, I'm definitely interested in tracking. Bleach has set up this contrast loosely between despair and hope. I mean, certainly on a high level, but also as it relates to like how you're doing in your soul world kind of broadly. Mm -hmm. And I do think it's true to say that these two things are antitheses 
of each other. I mean, if you have if you have hope, then you can overcome despair. And if you are deep in despair, it's difficult to find hope. That's I think that is that is true. Yeah. So if anything, I think the thing that I'm sort of opposed to about the use of that word when it comes to this episode is Tensuzan Getsu being like, I will drag the root of your despair out of you and then pulling the hollow out of out of Ichigo ostensibly. I just think I think it's reductive to use Ichigo's hollow side as a stand-in for despair. I don't think it's as simple as that. You no, know, yeah, I agree. I do believe like there's a, probably a little bit more to that. Yeah. Although I suppose maybe it's also because one of the things that kind of set Ichigo off into this doubt spiral was Gein being like, oh, yes, you have this ambiguous nature. You're not really a human. You're not really a soul reaper. You're not really a hollow. What are you? Mm. And so maybe Ichigo just needs to see these different sides of himself. Like, he, he's got his own physical body, which is kind of human-ish. Tenses on Getsu is indicative of soul reaper stuff. And then um, the hollow Ichigo is <laughs> a hollow. <so>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Uh, I think... Yeah, seeing those different manifestations of himself will help him find a place in this world. Mm. Yeah, I suppose I'm just, I'm curious to see how that escalates in Ichigo's soul world. And I'm curious to see how the language evolves is maybe what I'm getting to here. Mm. Um, Yeah, and then other than that, like, listen... I don't really have any thoughts about Tatsuki and Keigo. I kind of (laughs) don't. Like, I hope they're okay. I want justice for Tatsuki. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. She was the first one to wake up from the sign of things because she had time to go out and do a scout around and everything. So, I mean, of course she was as well. Like, of course, she's so fucking good. She's so good. Or, like, they're in this sleep that normal humans probably won't wake up from unless they've got, like, a at least a small amount of level of spiritual pressure that could mean one day they might have that power to go to become a soul weeper if they were ever to get, die and go beyond yeah society and stuff. oh my god this poor salary man he'll never get his chance <laughs> he'll never get his chance of being a soul weeper oh man yeah um so but yeah tatsuki i think would be good but also the fact that tatsuki's first thought was to find all of her friends yeah that's true. She then tells Keigo to go find his best friend while she goes to look for Yuzu and Karen. Yeah. Which just speaks volume to how close this friend group is and how much they all care for Ichigo. They know Ichigo and they trust that Ichigo is out there fighting and doing his best. She has no hope for Ishin. She thinks, oh, Ishin's probably just sleeping, so no one's going to be... Oh, yeah, probably. <laughs> probably. But yeah, I think yeah. maybe some something deep inside of her thinks that maybe Yuzu and Karen might wake up to this as well. I had the same thought, because she, know, she knows that Ichigo has this capability, and so the siblings, yeah, why not? Yeah, totally. Yeah. So she, if Ishin's asleep, or she doesn't know this, but because Ishin's fighting, she's got this extinction right. thing to go and... Be there for the girls for when they wake up. Yeah, get some other Kurosakis. Yeah. Uh, 
Oh my god. I also just really like the idea of Yuzu and Karin having Tatsuki as a role model and a mentor figure in their life because mm. they didn't grow up with a mom mm. and the idea of I mean, granted, Tatsuki is a literal high schooler, so like she's never she's not gonna be a mom, but she has like awesome, cool older cousin energy. And like the idea of Yuzu and Karin being able to go to Tatsuki and be like, Hey, I have this concern. I'm in high school, I don't really want to talk to my dad. Tatsuki, can I talk to you? Like, love that. Yeah. Love that for them. Yeah. Ugh. Like, yeah. Like, even if something simple as, hey, Tatsuki, I started my period. Do you have any advice? Cause yeah, exactly. That's not something you exactly. want to speak to your dad about, especially Ishin. <laughs> oh, I think Ishin would handle it pretty gracefully, actually. Well, like, yeah, he is a doctor, isn't he? So, you know. He's, yeah, yeah. He's he's not going to be weird. He's, yeah, sorry. I just thought about trying to have that conversation with Ryukin. Ugh. <laughs> like, oh. Thank God Ryukin had a had a person who was assigned male at birth as his child. Jesus Christ. Uh. Mm. <laughs> 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 but yeah, that's that's all I've got. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's all I've got too. Right. Okay, cool. Well, now that we've delved in the into the Don guy, we're not going to do that anymore for this episode because as we said, we have no news. Um not at the moment. No. So But you know what we do have? What what what? We have a volume. Oh yes. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was like, what do we have? We, we, yeah, we got, yeah. We got a volume. Okay, 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 okay. Okay. So volume forty-seven. Mm. If you become a snake tomorrow and begin oh, devouring wow. people, if you roared your love for me with that mouth you used to devour people, could I still say that I love you as I do today? Ouch. Okay, so that poem hurts and it's definitely Gein. <laughs> it is definitely Gein. <laughs> like, yeah. that's not even a question. Yeah. Oh, because he's a sneaky snake in the sneaky grass. Sneaky snake, yeah. So this is the end of the chrysalis age. But again, we've got this kind of hinting that this volume with Gein on the cover has just followed a volume with Rangiku on the cover. Yeah, I, I was going to say, Rang- I mean, had I not known that Rangiku was on the former cover, she would have been another guest, but yes yeah yeah oh god yeah excited to see because she's approaching him like at this point you know they're going to at least have a conversation like i have seen a piece of media before i know how this goes Mm -hmm. yeah yeah (sighs) oh Well, yeah, I guess. <laughs> oh, man, because all the shit's hitting the fan, it does feel like we're, like, not done with the conversation. But it's like, no, nope, we got to pick it up next time, pick I guess. Pick it up next time, yeah. That's where we are. Ooh, well. some filler episodes. But yeah, you know. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. For, I mean, I would rather they do filler episodes like this than be like, here is a lot of waffle and silly stuff from canon content that would otherwise be nice. I, 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 I do prefer it this way. Yeah. And some of the filler episodes are gems. I think this next this next round is actually pretty okay. Um, nothing, nothing compared to, I mean, whatever. I plugged it last podcast episode, and I'm just going to say again, if you've never seen the movie making episode, you're missing out. Go watch it right now. It's really good. It's episode 298. I really like it. Um... It, second favorite filler episode. I don't know what to tell you. Um, yes, I do. I just told you. It's that. Uh, with that in mind, though, I believe it is time to move on to our Shinigami Cup Peroxide Edition. Who wore it best this week, Nomi? Um, my who wore it best was Aizen and his many costume changes. <laughs> oh, fun. Yes. <laughs> Ooh, production design clutch. Uh-huh. Budget through the roof. Oh, oh. <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> mine this week. Who are it best? Um, okay, so I said no one, but specifically <laughs> neither Kisuke nor Aizen, because both of them make comments about what each other looks like, but both of them look really silly. Like, Aizen looks like he's in process and he also looks eventually like he's just wearing a morph suit which is fine um and kisuke dresses the way kisuke dresses so the two of them going back and forth <laughs> that uh, about that r- ridic- ridiculous um so yeah no one more at best this week <laughs> but specifically not those two <laughs> um <laughs> best ship this week um mine goes to tatsuki and ichigo their friendship goals um, and yeah. the fact that she thinks of his sisters and going to protect his sisters so he can continue fighting is, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I went straightforward and fairly wholesome this time as well. I said Ishii and Ichigo, father and son. I think we got to see some cool insights yeah, into yeah. the best parts of their father-son relationship in these episodes. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. All right. That brings us to our fandom shout out this week. Okay, so my fandom shout out is two characters who were not in these episodes, but I saw this artwork. Oh, cool! I did the same thing. Super (laughs) excited! Great. (laughs) So mine is this image from. (gasps) No, we were. This is mine. We have the same shout out this week. (laughs) Holy shit! Okay, carry on. Wait, this honestly, this was bound to happen. It Um, really was. Okay, but. Wait, this is great because I also had a backup, which is a different piece by the same artist. Okay. This is fine. Carry on. <laughs> so this is um, Teet I Me Teet Banter. Banter. Yeah. It's not Teet I Me Banter, Naomi. <laughs> <laughs> tea time. Tea time banter. not capitalized it's hard nope, that's okay that, hey we stand tits on this podcast um oh, tea time banter <laughs> um at tea time banter appreciation hours but this is yeah, for real um basically pictures of kuraku and ukitaki through the ages so it starts with them as, you know, they've got their academy garb on, then there was Shinigami, and then they're both as captains. Um, and it's titled A Thousand Year of Roses. And it's just so pretty, and it's just so nice it's to so see pretty. these two grow together and see them like that together. Yeah, and the way it's stylized is, is yeah. kind of traditional Japanese art adjacent like it's clearly a contemporary spin on it but you've got like those Kyoraku's flowers in the background and Ukitake's bamboo in the background yeah. and I also just think Ukitake looks so handsome when he's wearing only the black of the Shihaka show because you never see that you do see that from Kyoraku when he's fighting Stark you uh-huh. don't really see that from Ukitake no, so it's a nice don't. change yeah um, okay, cool. Well, hey, I was going to just shout out this artist in general, and I was going to use this piece as an example. Um, I found it on, you found it on Twitter, I found it on Tumblr, whatever, because um, a good friend sent it to me and was like, I think this is one of your boys, right? And I was like, you better believe it. So I'm going to shout out a different piece, um, which starts, it's uh, Byakuya and Kenpachi at first, and then um, Byakuya and, and Renji. It's like a two-panel, well-drawn little comic thing. Um once again, tea time banter, this time on Tumblr. So, hey, follow them on both places. Why not? <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's it's Byakuya and Kenpachi seemingly after they've, probably after they've sparred, I think is the implication. And they're both just sitting there looking fine as hell. Um, 
uh, and then Renji kind of gives Byakuya shit for it in the next panel, and it's it's sweet, and there's like a softness to it, um, and everybody looks handsome. I just think it's great. I love it, yeah. It's kind of like, it's nice to think that once they all get back from Cueco Mundo, these two still like spar once a month just to kind of like bring homage I to think this. That, I, I like that. I like that thought a lot, actually. Yeah. I don't see why they wouldn't, you know? Oh, they both look so good. <laughs> they do. I, God, I swear. Like, Byakuya hasn't been one of my, like, favorite, favorite characters in a while. But sometimes I just look at him and I'm just like, God, you are so handsome. <laughs> I find him so handsome. Uh. <sighs> well, okay. Uh, you know what? I gotta say, it's pretty impressive that we've made it, what, 67 Six, episodes yeah. of this podcast. <laughs> and never once has any of us brought about the same piece of of media for fandom shout out yeah. it, like it was bound to happen at some point but we did a damn good did, job getting yeah. this far 300 ep- 300 animated episodes in. and i had a backup <laughs> this time so it worked out uh. oh yeah i was also gonna say because when i was initially gonna share the ukitake and kyoraku piece like at this point now that 2000 year blood war trailers have dropped there is a small piece of imagery that like i think once upon a time could have been considered mildly spoilery but at this point if you've seen the trailers it's not spoilery anymore so just yeah. enjoy the art and live your life yeah who cares and at this point like if you've been on the internet since 2016 you've probably seen this visually somewhere anyway yeah, so exactly and spoiler we should be explaining how it happened this is just if this could be you could take this how dare as you it maybe is. it's just a bold aesthetic choice exactly <laughs> like it, it, this could be you know artist interpretation and anything so yeah Kyoraku started reading one piece and wanted to be a pirate who knows <laughs> <sighs> Yeah. Um, so enjoy. And hey, thanks, Tea Time Banter, for bringing both Nomi and I excessive amounts of joy because yeah. <laughs> clearly what you did spoke to both of us this week. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, I think that's it from me. Yeah, that's it from me. Okay. Fabulous. Well, <sighs> then, you wonderful souls, that is the end of another episode. If you like what you heard and you want to get involved, you can find us by searching for The Seirete on Instagram and T Seirete on Twitter. Now, Ichigo and Rukia might reap souls, but we are hoping to reap some five-star reviews. And that is where you come in. Make like our favorite orange-haired protector and Ichigo to iTunes and Spotify to rate us and review us and make us feel like number one. And to those of you listening on YouTube, don't forget to be like Chad and give us that good, good thumbs up. We really appreciate it. On the next episode of the podcast, we'll be covering anime episodes, so mm, skip a few hours. We're going to skip the next three because they are filler. Um, They are less delightful than the movie-making episode, in my (laughs) humble opinion, but they're still pretty delightful. There's like a New Year's episode, and then there's like a silly duo of uh, some some Hot Springs adventures for some low-key faves. Uh, So tune in if you want, but we're not going to be talking about them right now. Um, So skip ahead if you would like to join us to... Episode 306, for the sake of protecting Ichigo versus Tensa Zengetsu. 307, emergency situation! Aizen, new evolution! And... He's a Pokemon now. Oh, God. 308. I'm gonna fucking cry just reading these words. Sayonara, Rangiku. Oh. 
I'm sure it's fine. Uh, we'll see you souls then. Till next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh.